Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages. Welcome to another special edition of In Black and Right. We're doing another one of our simulcasts. Uh, we're right now on Facebook Live as well as recording the audio version of our program, which will be uploaded this afternoon. And well, ladies and gentlemen, hang on to your hats for this one because we're now doing WTF Friday on a Thursday and we are loaded for bear. That is for sure. Um, real quick, we just want to let you know that if you are watching us live on Facebook, you can send little messages, say hi, where are you from? I love to uh, have that kind of interaction. Or if you're watching it at a later time, Send a message. Say hello. We'd love to talk to you. Uh, also, if you want to send us email or any type of questions or what have you, you can just email us at inblackandright at gmail.com or you can just simply go to our website at inblackandright.net. You can also go to your favorite podcast platform and you can find us, download it, follow us. We'd love to have you. The more, the merrier. And, as always, as, as I am Jerry Brooks, your host, you're also your tour guide through the alternate universe of Joe Biden's America, and the baby-faced assassin of freedom, fighting for freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of association, and all the other great freedoms that our wonderful and precious Constitution offers us. But we've got a supersized version of the program today, so let's get at it folks ladies and gentlemen the big news today out of london british prime minister boris johnson has officially resigned his post and frankly it was just nothing more than a matter of time really uh in a two-day period there were multiple multiple cabinet ministers who had resigned also, there were other positions that uh, had people resigning as well, and it literally left him with no one to support him, really, and he had no, he had no government, essentially, to lead. But let me uh, switch over here to someone who was on the ground, who knows British politics. That would be one Nigel Farage. The man who brought us Bre who brought Britain Brexit. So this morning on Fox, here are some of the comments of uh, Nigel Farage. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson saying that he is going to resign. He had no choice. Literally, he had no choice. Despite getting a big mandate from the people in 2019, the truth of it is he hasn't stuck to the rules. And there is one fundamental rule between leaders and their electorates. And that is to tell the truth, even if the truth at times isn't very nice, isn't very palatable. And I'm afraid what's done for Boris Johnson is again and again, over and over, being found out, just not telling the truth. And when he's caught saying, I'm sorry, I forgot. And that has led to a catastrophic collapse in public trust. And around him 
all the officials that make up all the different ministers, whether they're in education or health or whatever it is, over 50 of them have resigned. It's quite extraordinary in the last 48 hours. He literally didn't have enough people left with trust in him to carry on in government, so he's gone. And my conclusion is that it's actually a very sad end for something that started you know, really in a very glittering way. Um, Brexit was the big moment in British history. And all right, I started it, but he picked it up. He ran with it. He won a general election. He delivered it. There's more work to do, but he delivered it. Um, and that should be his historical legacy. Sadly, uh, with this announcement that's to come in the next few minutes, that he goes out looking uh, like a prime minister who was dishonest with the British people. And that is very sad. Yes, it is. It's incredibly sad. Now, I mean, I could have thrown in my own, but I'd wanted to uh, let Nigel Farage, a man who knows a lot more about British politics than I do, let him speak on behalf of the British people. We have enough problems of our own here in the good old U.S. of A. That is for dang sure. I'm just taking a look, see what... <laughs> oh, mercy. I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, this summer has left me so scratching my head, wondering how did we in the United States become just as messy as the British? I, I don't know how, because we too, in the good old US of A, I mean, we've got our own economic problems. I mean, yeah, the official economic numbers for the second quarter aren't out yet, but every person I know that I've watched and studied who knows anything about economics is saying, hey, the recession's here. It's here. It's just a question of how bad and how long is it going to last. And nothing more depressing from justthenews.com reading this article and it is indicative of a lot of where we are now and where we are going as a country economically. Bidenomics. A third of U.S. small businesses can't pay rent because of inflation. That, ladies and gentlemen, is just plain sad. And I'm looking at the little sub-headline. According to a new survey, rent increased for 48% of small businesses this month. Almost half of U.S. small businesses had rent increases for their spaces, their, their storefronts, um, their offices, everything. And what's even crazier and sadder still Two states, Illinois and Texas, lead the nation in rent delinquencies. Rent delinquencies. Texas is, <laughs> Texas and Illinois, 44% of businesses in those two states weren't able to pay rent for their storefronts or anything else in the month of June. That's sad. And that's that way all over the place and even an article in the Boston Globe. So this is not Jerry Brooks. This is not in black and white saying this. This is the Boston Globe saying this. Six, uh, let's see, let me take a look. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Some 60% of small business owners are concerned that the recession, inflation, and everything else is going to put them out of business sometime within the next six months. Now, time that just about right. That's Christmas time. That's the holidays. Yeah, that's Joe Biden for you. That's Bidenomics. Woohoo! Yay! Whatever. I mean, this is just sad. It is sad. I mean, it's, oh, mercy. The stories of, I mean, the statistics. I mean, I, I don't want to get, you know, knee deep in the numbers, but it's sad. And I'm going to put up a little bit later today on inblackandright.net, uh, just look in our special reports section of the website, just some of the charts that I found online saying how really tough it is on small business, on the middle class. The sm small business is the engine that has run the U.S. economy pretty much forever. Forever. Uh, it, it's just crazy. And I'm sad because how many, I mean, and the, what's really telling is many of these small business owners who responded in this survey that could be found on the Wall Street Journal, they conducted the survey, that inflation right now and the recession that we're in was much worse than the lockdowns during COVID. Now that's saying something, folks, because COVID, depending upon where you were in the country, did a number, did a number on a lot of small businesses. And I, I can remember myself, I was living in Northern Nevada at the time. When, where I lived, I could see the lights of three of downtown Reno's biggest casino hotel resorts. And the lights went dark. It went dark. It was spooky to see what was so well lit. They called it the row. Uh, there was the Circus Circus, the El Dorado, uh, and the Silver Legacy. Great hotels. I've been in each of them. They're wonderful. But Man, to see that every night when I'm used to seeing the lights of these hotels and these casinos, nothing. It was just dark and it was so symbolic of what was really going on with a lot of this. And yet now here's, here's Biden and his ever-loving recession, but of course... He doesn't have the integrity or the character to take any blame whatsoever for himself of getting us into this mess. Yay. Like, that's really a shock. The man can, can barely string two sentences together. Forgetting things. I mean, the man is essentially a brain full of mush. Period. And the fact that you have to have his wife, the first lady, you know, let him say, oh yes, don't forget to say this, don't forget to say that, and, the, and have all these little cards that tell him, do this, say this. I mean, this is not how you lead the 
the, the strongest, the most powerful and influential country in the free world. It's just not how you do it. Oh, and it gets even freakier, boys and girls. Oh, a story from Reuters. And I meant to do this yesterday. Oh, sorry, I'm just having... <laughs> oh, it's been quite a day down here in Florida. Nice and very warm and very humid. <laughs> but a story from Reuters. Not me, not Jerry Brooks, not in black and red, but Reuters. This has to... This sent me way over the top. This is WTF, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, folks. A story from July the 5th. More than 5 million barrels of oil that were part of a historic U.S. emergency reserves released to lower domestic fuel prices were exported to Europe and Asia last month, according to data and sources even as U.S. gasoline and diesel prices hit record highs. Now, folks, the, U the U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve, by law, is for one thing and one thing only. It is not to bring down prices. It is to be used in a national security crisis, period. And to release it, is bad enough and especially when you know and, and it really wasn't even going to help lower gas prices that was that was lie number one but lie number two finding this out in Reuters of all places we sent five million barrels of our oil from our reserves and exporting it to Europe and Asia that, my friends, is bad enough. But oh, 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 hold on to your socks and your shoes, folks, because you'll love this part. Of that 5 million barrels, 15% of it, now doing the math on that, 15% of 5 million is 750,000. 750,000 barrels of our oil, our strategic petroleum reserve, went to, wait for it, the communist Chinese. The communist Chinese got oil from us. Now, you want to tell me that Biden doesn't owe China a few favors? I mean, seriously. They own him. They own him. They own Hunter. I mean, why are we spending all of these billions upon billions of dollars in the Ukraine? It's not because Ukraine, and I've said it many, many, many times, Ukraine is not a national, in our national security interest. They're not even really an ally. They're not a member of NATO. So why are we spending all this money on them when we need those billions of dollars here on American soil? Because I'm really wondering if there aren't some oligarchs there in the Ukraine who have pretty much said, hey, you get us this money and we'll keep quiet about your boy Hunter and all the stuff that 
we were doing with him and all the money we gave him Biden and Hunter the Biden administration is compromised and it's at right and go right to the doorstep of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue Washington DC and that's where you'll find this now I can't say that with any kind of certainty but I'll tell you this would I be surprised by it no no I would not because how many other goofy ass things have has Biden done you know telling I mean is this the liberal world order that he's talking about high gas prices hmm I mean seriously right now I'm really concerned because of diesel for our farmers for the trucking industry yeah I mean I've, I've talked about that before we need this we need to have lower diesel prices because it's essentially part of the grand scheme now if anybody's been watching what's been going on over in the Netherlands that one is getting really scary really fast because the I call them the Dark Lords of Davos of Dark Lords of Globalism and the EU and their their minions in Brussels they're going after Dutch farmers because apparently now they have a problem with fertilizer nitrogen and ammonia poisoning under the guise of the great dogma of climate change that's a crock ammonia and nitrogen poisoning please folks we breathe out as humans carbon dioxide you know nitrogen I mean is around us everywhere everywhere even the Sun you know well, I, I'm scratch that no that's hydrogen and helium together and that goes but nitrogen is everywhere on earth nitrogen is everywhere but nope they're going after the farmers in the Netherlands and they're pissed the, the farmers are mad I mean they took a tank essentially and went up against the Dutch police they fired at them they're now even armoring tractors they're up armoring them because they're willing to go to war essentially with their own government to say hey we need to farm but no their grand scheme is to turn these farms into areas to build cities and forget growing food especially when I was surprised to find out that the Netherlands is the number two food exporter in the world behind the United States and yet you know hey they're gonna turn this in in for under the excuse of climate change they're trying to turn the Netherlands and a good chunk of Europe into nothing more than a new world mess go after the farmers because and ruin food security because these yahoos in Davos the World Economic Forum types know all too well you control the food supply you control the population you control the world
I mean, this is why people like Bill Gates and others, even some, even the communist Chinese, have been buying American farmland. American farmland. You, you don't hear a lot about it, but yeah, it's like, no. They want food security under their control and they can go and then they can go after all of the rest of us. They can and they will gladly do so and not care. They just will not care. Oh, mercy. I mean, that's bad enough. I mean, you want to talk about a reason why Biden needs to resign or have a lot of his cabinet secretaries be impeached? I mean, my goodness, let's see. Let's start with Alexander Mayuckas, the Homeland Security Secretary, for not doing his job on the border and being a lying scumbag. That's number one. That would be nice. Then you start, then you go after Merrick Garland, Attorney General, for not doing his job in upholding federal statute, not protecting the Supreme Court justices. And believe me, there are still going to be plenty of protests. They're still going to go after Clarence Thomas and anybody else who would dare oppose the will of the great and mighty progressive left. So no, that, that's going to be a mess right there. And I mean, on plenty of other things too. I mean, come on, you're, you're putting domestic terrorists like the ones who were shooting up everything in 2020, destroying things. I mean, these shooters with these massacres, but no, 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 that doesn't that does not concern people like the Injustice Department and the FBI and Christopher Ray. Yeah, he needs to go too. This is why the media is absolutely scared spitless that Donald Trump is going to announce his run for 2024. They are absolutely going to do anything that they can to lie, cheat, steal, whatever to try to stop President Trump, and I don't think so. And I think his announcement is getting closer and closer. And I'll talk about that in just a few moments, but a little bit of a similarity between our British allies and us. Just yesterday, White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield has announced her departure. The communications director of the White House, senior White House staff, makes you know the most money that you are allowed to uh, as a member of the White House staff. So yeah, I mean, she's doing what Jen Psaki did, and now she's leaving because I have this, and plus, oh, don't even get me started on Kamala Harris. How many people on her staff have just made this mass exodus say uh-uh no this is rats getting out of a sinking ship before it gets seriously worse and frankly the the, the official torpedoing will begin on november the 8th 2022 which is midterm election day now the only way that a lot of these people a lot of the democrats 
are going to maintain their power and they are going to do whatever it takes. Trust me, they're already plotting this. Don't believe me? Look what's happening in Arizona. The Injustice Department is suing the state of Arizona for a law that they passed just a few months ago requiring proof of citizenship for federal elections. <gasps> oh no, we can't have that. Oh no, we can't. Because voter ID laws are racist. Oh, we can't allow that. Oh, shut up. I am so sick of this. I am so sick of the same mealy mouth overindulged, overprivileged, idiotic white kids on college campuses all over the place spewing this crap. And they're doing it in the media. Supposedly intelligent people, pundits, who are black, Hispanic. Oh no, no, we can't have that. No, 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 no. I mean, just to give you a little bit of an idea about the elitist condescending viewpoint of the left, the New York Times, or New York Slimes as Mark Levin loves to call it, came out with a story about Myra Flores, the new congresswoman from the state of Texas who won the, her historic election there in the 34th Congressional District. Now they call her, now, the, the headline of the story in the New York Times said, the rise of the far-right Latina. I'm like, really? I mean, you want to talk about racist? That right there is a racist statement, a racist headline. And I can tell you, as a black man who embraced conservatism about 30 years ago, I know what she's going through. Because any minority, any minority, black, Hispanic, Asian, if you don't tell the, the Democrat party line, you get trashed. You are called all kinds of names. I've heard them myself for years. Oreo, Uncle Tom, Race Trader, blah, blah, blah. These people cannot come up with anything original in 25 years since I've been in media. No, they can't. No, it's either you tell the line, get on the plantation, or we're just going to just ostracize you and ostracize you and just call you all kinds of names. I say, Myra Flores, you go, girl. You go, girl. Because you are a history maker. You are a threat to the left. Keep doing what you're doing. And when November comes around, when you've got to run again, the same people who will who put you in office will be the same ones who will keep you in office. You are a history maker. Go make history. And I wish I lived in your district, but I don't. But hey, Myra Flores, you are a history maker. You have my support. Heck, I mean, I'll endorse you if it means anything. But yeah. This is the type of arrogance, condescension, and just straight-up racism that you can expect from the New York Times, from the corporate media, when it comes to somebody who doesn't fit the norm. It just, it, no, it, it doesn't. And I'll tell you what, 
I'll tell you what, I mean, this is just ridiculous. You know, I mean, I don't care. I mean, I've got thick enough skin. You can call me whatever the heck you want. If you're a, if, and I've had it from black liberals, you know, plenty for a lot of years. Boring. Come up with something different than maybe you might actually upset me or offend me. But I'm just going to be who I am. And I'm going to be okay with it. But now, with Kate Benningfield's departure, the White House communications director, I'm thinking to myself, uh, girl, no. Your prob the problem with your, your boss is not communication, it's policy. Policy. <laughs> I mean, that's all you gotta all you gotta really do is just think about that. It's policy pro it's a policy problem, not a communications problem. Because y'all are liars, everybody knows you're a liar. They knew it when Jen Psaki uh, was uh, White House press secretary. And Karine Jean-Pierre, who took her place, is actually even worse and very unprepared and very clueless. You know, so this is just more of the same as far as what's going on. But hey, that's okay. It's okay. We will, we will survive this, I believe. But talking about surviving something, this is just blows my mind. And I've been, and I promised I would follow this story. Now, of course, we all know about what happened in Highland Park, Illinois. The kid who just went all kinds of cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, shot up folks at a 4th of July parade, people dead, dozens injured, and the, and the father of the shooter. This dude is a mess. He is a mess because as, the, as little details come out, and you're not going to hear it from the mainstream media, but the father of the kid who shot up the parade apparently sponsored his permit to buy a gun. What? WTF, folks. WTF. What is, and, and here's, the, here's the kicker. There had been problems, and I had spoken about this yesterday on, on the program, about, uh, on the audio version anyway, about since 2019, there had been multiple times when local law enforcement had been called out to this kid's house for a variety of reasons. And apparently... He had been, he was known to local police, even confiscated a bunch of knives and swords because he was a danger. And even with a local uh, assault weapons ban, which is like really stupid because these people don't know what an assault weapon is from a hole in the ground. But even with a local ordinance banning those, banning those weapons and a red flag law in the state of Illinois, they still screwed the pooch. He got through the system and now it now they're paying for it and nobody, and I mean nobody is going to be held to account for this stupid law which doesn't work. 
It's the same thing in what happened with the massacre in Buffalo. New York State has a red flag law. The shooter there was known. He had problems. And what do you know? He too slipped through the cracks. And what happens? 10 people dead. 10 people dead. And he even drove a couple of hundred miles to do the deed. This is not normal behavior. And the fact that the Highland Park shooter dressed as a woman to try to evade the cops, I'm going, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I cannot grasp my brain around this. I can't do it. You know, and for all this stupid, and, and I said it yesterday, and very recently, and I will continue to say it, all you anti-Second Amendment zealots, shut up. You are worthless. John Cornyn, you too are worthless. All the Republicans in the Senate who voted for that idiotic bill, that bipartisan gun reform, you're idiots. You're freaking idiots. You have just not only passed a law that will not do anything, you made yourselves look like dingbats to do it and you've sent a message to your respective state's constituents if you are a law-abiding gun owner we're going to basically go after your second amendment rights which shall not be infringed i mean hello can you not grasp this shall not be infringed but you're going to infringe all you want because you're hoping that your constituents will forget come your re-election that you screwed them over <laughs> let's put it let's be real here you screwed them over and especially when some of the states like Johnny Ernst in Iowa girl are you that brain dead I mean you call yourself this farm girl and it's like which is fine but you're a lousy senator to vote for this you know what are you afraid of who are you afraid of you know and for all the people I know in states like Iowa the Midwest in the Dakotas in Nebraska Kansas Texas Oklahoma and the fact oh John Cornyn don't even get me started on you dude you're up for re-election in 2024 and from what I've heard from people in Texas they are getting somebody to primary your sorry butt do you, you and you're wondering why people booed you at the Texas State GOP convention simple you screwed them over and you're in serious big-time denial Ugh, gag me Ugh. I don't know but this is gonna be interesting though with the dad of the Highland Park shooter having helped him get the guns that he used I'll guarantee you there's going to be somebody somebody one of these people who've lost a loved one or one of these people who have been injured this dude is going to get either civilly sued for wrongful death or injury or he's going to be criminally charged as an accessory before the fact because I can't see this any other way 
considering what he did to help his kid get a gun that he used to perpetrate a massacre. I mean, I don't know about you, but if somebody's going to get somebody a gun, it's like, who has problems and has had a history of problems, run-ins with law enforcement, and you're giving them a gun? How brain-dead of a parent are you? Seriously. Because I don't know how this works, but if my kid was having problems, then, you know, the last thing, the last thing I would ever do is give them a firearm and a, and a high-capacity firearm to boot. Ugh. I, I, I think about this and I just absolutely, I don't know whether to just scream in pain or just, well, just puke, actually, because that just sickens me. It sickens me to the core of my being to have that happen. Ugh. Mercy, mercy, mercy. But I'll still be tracking this one. I'm still going to be monitoring. But I want to end today on something of an up note. Something a little bit, you know, to make some folks happy. Now, it's not going to make everybody happy, but frankly, I don't care. Well, apparently, President Trump, on his social media page, has actually showed the remodeled, revamped version of Trump Force One, his private 757. And I'm thinking, ooh, is he closer? Is he closer? I mean, he did it on his social, on his uh, Truth Social page, you know, and I quote what he said, during my four years in the White House, I didn't use everybody's favorite plane the Boeing 757 we campaigned on for our big 2016 win. Now it's been completely modernized and renovated and looks great. All done in the great state of Louisiana and coming back to the skies in the fall of 2022 or maybe sooner. Get ready. And I'm thinking, yep, he's that much closer. I mean, it's a tease. It's more of a tease. Now, of course, because of campaign finance laws, he can't, you know, he may not be able to announce yet, but I'm willing to bet as soon as he's able, and, and I've seen some of the video of this, and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Um, <laughs> this plane, I mean, it's black. It's got black and red, Trump and gold letters with a big, huge American flag on the tail. I'm thinking, uh-oh, if Trump Force One is going to be back in the skies, oh, this is going to get real fun. Now, I know for the progressive, the woke, and the just plain brain dead, oh, I don't like Trump. I don't like his tweets. He's terrible. Well, you screwed up in 2020. So if you're still feeling that way in 2022, after a year and a half of Joe Biden, frankly, you just need to take your Prozac, sit down and shut up. You screwed the pooch before. We're not going to let you do it again. Okay. And there are people who are waking up to the very painful reality. They voted for Biden. They made a mistake. 
and somehow they're going to try and fix it. Yay, happy. So on that note, my friends, I'm just going to say so long for now. Uh, the normal WTF Friday will be back tomorrow. Uh, and believe me, we've got plenty to deal with. So folks, have yourself a great one. And if you're catching the Facebook Live later on, again, send a message. Leave a message. Leave a comment. Drop, some, drop a note. Say hi. Where are you from? It's going to be fun. And we're still getting ready. We're just, oh, I think about three and a half weeks away from CPAC, Texas. So we're going to go way deep in the heart of Texas and have a great old time uh, having fun at probably the best conservative party that there is. So take care, everybody. God bless you. And remember, patriots still come in all colors.